Pastor Dan, thanks for the invite. And this is exciting, the body of Christ coming together in this area on mission. What a privilege it is to be with you and to be a part of what God's doing this weekend. It was 1988 that I uh, began taking young people into uh, mission training programs and assignments. And, uh, you know, over the last uh, 30 years or so, we've seen over 20,000 young people equipped and uh, deployed into assignments around the world in various ways and uh, from a couple of weeks up to a year. And, uh, and then many long-term workers. And my prayer has been not just for the youth, which is what we're fairly familiar with, but for the church, for the body of Christ, the church, all the generations to be mobilized. So this weekend, we're on a mission trip together. This is a mission trip. This is a 36-hour mission trip. And the cool thing is you didn't have to sit in a bus and drive all the way to Mexico or someplace. You got to just drive from, uh, you know, wherever, you, uh, wherever you're from. And so this is just, this is in our community, our opportunity to be intentional around sharing the love of Christ. And there's three rhythms that we're going to be working through here this, this weekend. The first is our, our love for the Lord. So this vertical relationship All mission flows out of this. This is our first invitation. Our first call is to love God with everything we've got. And it's His promise that He will fill us with His presence and then live through us and love through us. And so this is where we get all our resources from. And then our invitation is to love our neighbors. And we'll be talking about that tomorrow morning. What does it mean to love people and love them enough to share what God's done in our lives with them. So that's, uh, that's going to be a, a great uh, morning. And then we're going to operationalize that. We're actually going to get out and do some uh, interacting, have some gospel conversations tomorrow afternoon. Now don't chicken out tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow afternoon is the highlight of the whole weekend, okay? Tomorrow afternoon is going to be outstanding. And then we'll do some debriefing and talk about it tomorrow night and then Sunday morning. It'll be in your various congregations and whatnot. But the third rhythm is, let's think about the world. Let's think about the people all around the world who've never had the opportunity to hear the gospel. So that's where we're going this weekend. It's 36 hours. It's a missions trip and you're all on board. I've got uh, a dear wife, 32 years of marriage. And uh, Marjorie, we've been married, uh, living here in the Fraser Valley for uh, about 15, 16 years now. My my two kids got me a Christmas gift a while ago, which was unusual, which is an opportunity to jump off a cliff, right? Have you done that? No? We get surrounded by mountains here, friends. This is a great place to jump off a cliff. Attached to a parachute with a pilot, and my wife's off to the side taking pictures. A little nerve-wracking. Uh, it was a coupon. I think it was one of those Groupon things, so it's 50% off. The last day to redeem that thing was July the 15th, okay? So around July the 10th, I'm looking at this thing going, I wonder if there's any spots left. I hope not. So I call the place, and there's a spot left on July the 15th. So I get in there, and it's a little shack somewhere up the Fraser Valley, and, you know, it's the guy who just basically wants you to sign waiver forms. So I got in there, and he's walking up to me, uh, he, he's actually out, he walks out of the shack and he's walking up to me like this. I'm like, buddy, what happened to you? And uh, he says, I had a customer a few days ago 
who uh, I explained to him the same thing I'm explaining to you tonight. You're the pilot. I mean, I'm the pilot. You're the engine. So we're going to get that parachute. We're going to get up on top of the mountain. And when I say when I say run, I want you to run. I want you to run like there's no tomorrow. Because as you run, that parachute's going to going to going to slowly be you know filled with air, lift up, and and when it's full of air, we're going to go off the cliff. We're going to be fine. If you don't run. That parachute doesn't get full of air. We got nothing. I'm like, okay. All right. So what happened to your leg? Like, that's my question. What happened to your leg? Okay, so I was explaining this to a customer. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got the whole thing set up. I said, run. He started running, and then he hit the edge of the cliff, and he's thinking, what am I doing? I'm going to run off a cliff? That's crazy. So I, he put the brakes on. And we got tangled, and he fell on me. We went off the edge, and there's some rocks down there. And he landed on me, and my whole side is bruised. And uh, I'm like, what? That is horrible. That will not happen to me. Oh, man, I'm thinking, this is, what am I doing? And then, uh, so I, I asked him, like, what did you do then? Thinking you just totally wrote the guy off. And he said, I looked at the customer, and I said, uh, that didn't go well. <laughs> Would you like to try that again? Wow. I'm thinking, this guy's nuts. Like, he's crazy. He loves this so much, he's willing to give people a second chance. And I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking, that that really is what the Lord's done with me again and again and again, right? That did not go well. Right? Let's try that again. Let's try that again. So when I get up there, I'm thinking that will not be me. So I, they put a, a woman behind me as a Russian gymnast, about 95 pounds. She never, she actually never touched the ground. She was like a backpack. She was <laughs> up in that zone somewhere. And, uh, and she said, run. And I started running and I ran off that cliff and I kept running. Because I was like, I'm going to run until they say stop. So my wife is taking pictures of this, and I'm way out in space. Like, we're flying, and I'm still in full running mode, right? Full running mode. And, and my wife's got this great picture of me, like, running in the middle of, you know, midair. And so we showed them at the end of the jump, we showed them that picture, and they're like, that's incredible form. They called me up weeks later and said, we're entering that picture in the paragliding calendar competition right yeah right mr july like full full form so that was uh that was just the start and then uh we jumped off in the obviously the parachute's going down because something powerful's taken over right called gravity you're heading down and she's heading for a clear-cut area where they've cut the trees the fraser river's right there and she's heading for this clear cut because she knows that when the sun bakes down on, on bare ground, something happens. It warms the air and warm air rises. So she knows there's a thermal over top of that clear cut area. So that's where we're going. And as we go across the clear cut, we start doing a circle around it. She's got something called an altimeter, which measures, you know, one, one yard or one meter of altitude increase with a beep. I haven't heard it beeping because we've been going down the whole time. And as we get, start circling around this clear-cut area, 
I hear the first beep. 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 Beep, 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 beep. And now we're starting to ride an invisible elevator. We're going up. We start going like this. I'm like, this is incredible. We start going higher and higher. And I'm looking down. And now I can see the jump point. We're higher than the place I jumped off of. Wow. Something way more powerful than gravity is going on here. She says, you know, there's, she's talking to me, like we were just having a conversation right there. She's like, there are eagles, like there's a lot of bald eagles that winter here, right? And they, in the spring, they teach their young how to ride these thermals. And sometimes it's like they're dropping their kids off for some babysitting. We're up here and these kids get dropped off and they're trying to figure out how to float and, you know, ride these thermals. How cool would that be? People can ride these things for hours. As they ride a thermal, drift down, find another thermal, drift down, another thermal, drift down. You can go like hundreds of miles. You know where we're going with this? Yeah? Any scriptures come to mind? They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles, right? There's a source of strength and power that is greater than the downward pull of our sin and all the influences that are trying to squeeze the life of God out of us. There's something more powerful than that. And that's the promise of God's presence through His Spirit. They that wait upon the Lord, they that find their full dependency on God and just say, God, I need you. I need you. I'm going down, but you have a source of strength that I need, which will take me the other way. I think that at creation, when God created Adam and Eve in his image, he created them for relationship. Unlike anything else in creation, right? We were created in the image of God for relationship with him. First purpose of creation was relationship. Second, Uh, I believe is to be fruitful and multiply. And the third is that we would exercise God's authority here on earth. Sin broke all those three purposes, interfered with all three, interfered with our relationship, our capacity to be fruitful and multiply in the way that God intended and our capacity to exercise his authority here on earth. And we we see the design Uh, for intimacy and just a little bit of a peek into that in Genesis chapter 3 when the wife, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day because of sin they hid as we know from God among the, the trees there. But the word the cool of the day is not a temperature word. Look it up in the Hebrew. The word is ruach. It's breath. When they heard the sound of the Lord, the breeze, the moving of God's spirit, they right away came to attention. They knew God's here. God's here. It wasn't a temperature. It was a sound and it was a presence. The Ruach 
of God. Now you can look from Genesis to Revelation and you're going to see men and women through the whole Bible who've experienced the Ruach of God. It has made them very fruitful. They have multiplied and they've walked with his kingdom authority. This is our inheritance, friends. This is God's gift to us as we walk in relationship with him. Abraham is a great example. Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, God said to him, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be a blessing. I'm going to bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Abraham was wondering, how is that going to happen? We know that promise was given. He was 75. When he's 99, God renews the promise. But he says to him, I actually uh, want to not just renew the promise, but give you a, uh, a, a, a capacity, an added, an added resource that you haven't had before. And I'm going to change your name. So Genesis chapter 17, I find this really interesting. Abraham fell face down before God. And God says to him, as for, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I've made you a father of many nations and I will make you very fruitful. Very fruitful. Abraham's got no kids to this point. What's the difference between Abram and Abraham? Abram and Abraham. Abram and Abraham. You hear that? That's the Ruach of God. That's the Spirit of God, which enabled Abraham, his wife, to bear children long after his body was considered dead. Impossible. That's the, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the life that the Holy Spirit wants to, wants to produce in us. Not just, nat- not just in the natural, but in the spiritual. So we're praying this weekend for God to use our lives to be more fruitful here within this community. We're praying for the Spirit of God to draw people to Himself. And He uses us. That's the miracle. That's the incredible thing. God's looking for people to indwell and then work through it's his heart for us there's so many other people who are filled with the spirit of god first samuel gives us the story of david one of the key leaders in israel's history this guy is a young man but his life was forever changed when a man named samuel came to him and poured a flask of oil over his head this horn of oil transformed his life and nothing in David's life makes sense without this verse 1 Samuel 16 verse 13 so Samuel took the horn of oil anointed him in the presence of his brothers and from that day on the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power nothing happens in David's life without that verse nothing you don't take on bears, you don't take on lions, you don't face giants, and you know, none, none of it, none of it, if you don't have the Spirit of God. If you're not anointed by the Spirit of God, none of it is going to happen. 
You're not going to walk in the authority that God's given you. You don't have the confidence to do what he's called you to do. It's impossible apart from the Holy Spirit. What we're asking God to do through our lives, the promises that God has given us to be a part of fulfilling are impossible things apart from the Spirit of God enabling us and empowering us. And so our prayer tonight is that God would fill us and renew us again with his Spirit, empower us to do what he's called us to do on mission with him, not just this weekend, but through the course of our lives. There's... um, Various people through the scriptures who are anointed in the Old Testament by the Spirit of God and their stories are amazing. But they were just ones and twos here and there. We've got the promises of Ezekiel. Ezekiel saw a whole valley of dry bones and uh, the Lord spoke to him and he said, I'm going to breathe on these bones. My ruach... Ezekiel 37, and I'm going to bring them to life. And then he said in Ezekiel 37, verse 9, he said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the Ruach, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied and he commanded me, and breath, as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they stood to life, uh, came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. These bones are the whole house of Israel. And God was giving uh, his servants a window on a day when a multitude of people would come, would experience life. Joel had the same picture. He said, there's coming a day when it's not going to be ones and twos, but God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. They were anticipating that day. There's going to come a day When it's not just going to be a few heroes, but it's going to be a multitude of people empowered by the presence of God, the Spirit of God, for relationship, to be fruitful and multiply, and to walk with God's kingdom authority. Amen? Amen. Jesus came, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin. At the age of 30, he entered the Jordan River in obedience to his father. He was baptized, water baptized by his cousin John. And then it says the Spirit of God descended on him in bodily form like a dove and rested on him. And we know that Jesus walked as a man totally dependent on the Holy Spirit, constantly relying on the work, ministry, counsel, direction of the Holy Spirit, showing us what it means to be disciples who live on mission with the Father. So this is our invitation to live the life that Jesus modeled for us. And uh, when he stood in front of his home congregation in Luke chapter 4, he uh, in Nazareth, he got the scroll of uh, Deuteronomy and he began reading, uh, reading these, uh, not Deuteronomy, was it Isaiah, yeah, Isaiah, Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Isaiah 61. So the the spirit of the Lord is on me, he said. This is going to be, this is being fulfilled. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, release the oppressed, to proclaim the year 
of the Lord's favor. Those are amazing descriptions of the gospel's impact, capacity to transform lives. This is what God promised through his prophet Isaiah. And then Jesus said, this is, this, is, this is what I'm announcing. This is the gospel of the kingdom. We can focus on the holistic nature of it, but I want you to know none of it, none of it happens without the first line. If the spirit of the sovereign Lord is not on you, we got nothing. We got nothing. Amen? We got nothing. The ruach, the breath of God is what we need. The breath of God upon our lives. So God's given us life, the capacity to breathe, but there is another life. There is what Jesus called being born again. There's another life in the power of the spirit that we are being invited into. And when you're born again, the promise is that God will fill you, seal you with his spirit. And our invitation is to be fully reliant on the spirit of God. So for, for me, what that means is I've got to be surrendered every day to the Holy Spirit. It's not just me having more of the spirit of God. It's the spirit of God having more of me. Amen. So tonight there's another invitation. Will you give yourself again to the spirit of God? He's on a mission. He's on a mission to reach your neighbors, your family, and this community. He has been prompting your leaders to pray. You don't pray for 10 years every week without some supernatural unction of the Spirit of God, something enabling you to keep that fire going. These guys have been tending the fire of intercession for 10 years. That's why we're here tonight. That's what I heard. That's why we're here tonight. Because these guys have been stoking the fire in prayer, calling out to God for resources that each of them need to do their ministries. Now they're saying, God, this is the time. We're asking you for an outpouring of your presence to reach this community. We're totally relying on you. Jesus, would you meet us? Jesus promised it wasn't just his ministry, but it was going to be a ministry that the church fulfilled. He said, it's going to be even greater than anything I've ever done. I got to go, guys. I'm going to send the, com- the counselor, the comforter, the spirit to you. Wait here. Wait in Jerusalem to be clothed with power from on high. Acts 1.8, you receive power when the spirit of God, the ruach of God comes on you and When you receive that, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, right? Guys were really discouraged in John 21. They went fishing. Jesus restored John or Peter. He had a long conversation. Do you love me? Yeah. Do you love me? Yeah. Do you love me? Yeah. Enough restoration for Peter to get back on the program. Get back to Jerusalem with his buddies. He led a a prayer meeting for 10 days because that's what Jesus said. Wait. Wait. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength, right? They that wait upon the Lord. This isn't like this isn't like an evening thing. We got 10 years of people praying for this. Okay? They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles and they'll walk and not be weary. They'll run and not faint. There's a source of strength that I need desperately and we need that comes from the Spirit of God alone. Tonight, if there is a desire within you 
to yield to the work of the Holy Spirit and to invite the Spirit of God to take more of you so that you can be uh, empowered to be on His agenda and and live on mission with Him in a fruitful way. Uh, I believe God wants to encourage you, meet you, and fill you again tonight with His presence. Jesus promised that we would uh, do greater things than He did. These guys prayed for 10 days and then on the day of Pentecost... What happened? What happened? A wind came through the place. The Ruach of God, the breath of God blew through that upper room. 120 people, uh, I believe, were on their faces before God. I believe the presence of God uh, so impacted them They were never the same, not just for that morning, but for the rest of their lives. I believe that the Spirit of God propelled them from that upper room onto the streets of Jerusalem, where they began to proclaim the glories and mysteries of God in all kinds of languages. I believe that they then went and shared the gospel, not just with the city of Jerusalem, but those Spirit-empowered believers led the missions force that then took the gospel to the nations and In the days that followed, we know that 3,000 people were saved and then a couple of thousand more. Thousands and thousands of people entered the kingdom of God because the Spirit birthed something that Jesus promised. He birthed the church. And this is our heritage. This This is our story. This is a story that's been repeated many, many times since. Have you ever heard of these transformation videos? Have you ever seen any of those? This is like 20 years ago they made these. One of them was from uh, an Inuit community, I think Rankin Inland or someplace northern uh, Arctic Circle, you know, way up there, James Bay, Hudson Bay. And it's just, it was an Inuit, uh, I remember watching that and just seeing, uh, they took, uh, they, God was just working in the, the church there. They were walking in holiness, repentance. They were called to take all the stuff that was grieving God uh, and burn it. They, they got a bunch of, pornography and stuff and I don't know what all they made a big bonfire on the on the ice flow offshore they burnt it they went back to their church and they just uh, they just off they consecrated themselves to God and they left the they left the sound system the recording thing on and what you hear in that audio track is just puts the hair at the back of your neck up on and because the presence of God blew through that building and met those people. And I'm telling you, it wasn't a whisper. It was a freight train. It was a roar. It was like, and the whole place, everyone was on the floor. On the floor. As the Ruach of God blew through that remote community in response to the cries of his people and also the consecration of God's people. It's not just more of Him. It's more of us offering who we are to the Lord. The Holy Spirit's my best friend. So when I get up in the morning, I get on my knees and I talk to the Lord. I make a good cup of coffee. I get into the Word. I meditate on the Word, and I do some journaling, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is my best friend. It's the key. He is the key to living fruitfully 
He's the key to walking uh, with, with the Lord Jesus each day. He's the key to sanctification. He doesn't allow us to sin repetitively. He calls us to short accounts. He calls us to humility. The Spirit of God is meant to sanctify us and to empower us, to give us counsel and wisdom. Tomorrow, some of you are going to be in conversation, gospel conversations with people, and you're going to be asking good questions, questions the Spirit of God prompts you in. And then you're going to be in conversations that are relaxed because the Spirit of God is going to be the one leading. And you're going to discover in a new way the Holy Spirit really is the evangelist. It's not on me. It's on Him. He's the key. He's the key. He is the greatest gift the Father could ever give us. And our privilege as His children is to keep receiving that gift, surrendering our lives to the work and person of the Holy Spirit, and then staying uh, just in step with the Spirit each day. It's an incredible privilege to live that kind of a life. And as I spend time with the global church around the world, I see so many people, very simple people, doing extraordinary things that are impossible apart from the resources of God's Holy Spirit. Impossible. Reminding me that the greatest resource that we've got is God's presence through His Spirit. It's just an incredible resource. And so tonight as we think about reaching this community, we need to be asking God, uh, what are you inviting me to in terms of offering myself to you? And then what promises have you given me that you want to fulfill here in my life tonight? The Bible says in Luke 11, ask, seek, and knock. Because we've got a Father who wants to give you good gifts. How much more will He give the Holy Spirit, right, to those who ask Him? Ask, seek, and knock. And so, again, um, my invitation, I feel each day, is to say, God, I give you my life. I give you my body, and I ask that you'd fill me with your Spirit. So I did that this morning. I did that yesterday, last week, last month. I want to be filled with the Spirit of God every single day. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I invite the band to come on up here, and I just want to pray with you tonight. I just believe that what the Lord has just reminded of us of here with these simple words is, uh, is going to bear good fruit in our lives. And as, as uh, we, just, we just respond to this, this invitation tonight, I just invite you to quiet your heart. Let's just bow our heads and invite the Holy Spirit to show us if there's anything that He's inviting us to offer Him, any consecration that He's asking us to do. And, uh, and then just cooperate with the Holy Spirit here as he, as he speaks to us. So Lord, thank you for sending your Spirit. You're at work in our lives and we say thank you. We say thank you. Spirit of God, thank you. Thank you. And if, Lord, if there's an area of our lives that you're asking us to surrender to you, or if there's an, an area of besetting or a repetitive sin that you're calling us to just release back to you, we ask you to do that. If there's an area of repentance that you're calling us into, we just, we just say, yeah, we agree. We just repent. And Father, I'm asking uh, by your spirit that you would uh, be gracious to us where we need a... Uh, a reminder of maybe a word that you've spoken to us 
years before, maybe that we've ignored or forgotten regarding our, our potential, our future and who we are. Just remind us of the promises you've given us and rekindle, Lord, some of those promises that maybe have been robbed or stolen. Spirit of God, speak to us, we pray. Thank you, Father. And as the Lord just reminds you of things you need to surrender, in my life I'm regularly surrendering fear, fear of failure, pride, rebellion, lust. I just put my hands down in a, in a releasing kind of way and I just, I say, I just release these things, Lord. Cleanse me and free me. So I just put my hands down like that and just release those things to the Lord. Just say, Lord, I just ask you to cleanse me again tonight. And you're, you're, you're the Holy Spirit. And so I, I, I choose holiness again tonight, Lord. I choose holiness again tonight. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Ruach of God, that you're still breathing life into us. And, and so, Lord, tonight we ask for the for the life, the empowering life of your presence to fill us again tonight. Empower us tonight. Empower us to do what you've called us to do, to live the life you've called us to live, to live on mission with you, Lord, in a fruitful way. And I just want to invite you, if that's your prayer tonight, that you just stand up and just open your hands up before the Lord. Just stand to your feet and say, God, I'm asking tonight that you'd fill me again tonight with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit, God. Yes, Lord, we just, we offer our bodies to you. And as we stand, Lord, we stand before you. We just say, Lord, fill us again with the Holy Spirit. Just open up your hands and and, uh, just in your own words, you can just pray, Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit again tonight. And uh, breathe your life into me and release Lord, the gifts of your spirit in me to accomplish everything you've called me to do. I want everything that you've promised for me in and through the Holy Spirit. I want all of it. I want all of it, Lord. And I want to be fruitful in these days. I want to be fruitful for your glory, God. I want to be fruitful. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Father, I'm asking that if there is a just promises that you want to remind us of again, words that you want to speak to us, scriptures that you want to give us, we invite your Holy Spirit just to prompt us, remind us of your goodness, remind us of things that we know to be true from your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. One of the things that you've come to do is just remind us of what Jesus has said. And so would you just counsel us and speak to us now? Thank you, Spirit of God. Open our ears to hear and our eyes to see. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to invite you as well. We're the body of Christ here, and we're here to minister to one another. So rather than just having a few people pray, why don't we just uh, turn and pray with each other tonight? And I'm just going to invite you to turn to somebody and just put a hand on a shoulder and ask the Spirit of God to just to work powerfully through them, to fill them and empower them. And uh, just pray a blessing on one another tonight. Can you do that? Just turn to somebody and...
just put your hands on them and just minister the blessing of God upon them. Go for it. So we serve a Father who loves to give us gifts and and as I said, the gift of the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift He's ever given us. But there are graces and charisms and expressions of the Holy Spirit's work that we are, we are invited to eagerly ask for. Eagerly ask for spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And I'm just wondering about, you know, some of us as we think about sharing our faith in, in this context, in this culture, we just want to have greater freedom and greater anointing to share the gospel. And so if you want to uh, ask the Father for a gift of evangelism, I just invite you to put your hand up. I want to I wanna, I wanna have the gift of evangelism, God. I'm asking for the release of that, uh, that joy and freedom to share the gospel with people. If that's you, just put your hand up. So Father, I'm asking for my brothers and sisters who are asking for a greater freedom to share the gospel. Would you release the gift of evangelism in my brothers and sisters here? Give us boldness and yieldedness to the work of the Holy Spirit who is the evangelist and work through us, Father. Would you cause us to be fruitful and multiply in ways that we have not seen till now? We ask this for your glory, Father. And I'm asking in faith that even in the next uh, 24 hours that these dear ones would have opportunities to share the gospel in ways that they've never done before. Would you enable us to do that, Jesus, and give us just joy in that as well, that we would experience the joy of cooperating with you and seeing your spirit use us in whatever way you desire. So bless my brothers and sisters with that gift of evangelism, I pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for the, the love that you've poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, verse 8 says that you've poured out your love into our hearts through the Spirit of you've given us. And I'm just asking that you would again release greater measures of love upon your people than we've known before. Fill us with the power of love, God. That we would have the power to love those that we have not had capacity to love before. I pray for the empowering work of the Spirit of God in love, God. In love. Father, in forgiveness. In mercy. In ways that disarm people. Give us just a, an added measure of your love, God. We are so in need of your love. Fill us with the power of your Spirit to love, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you for your love for us in Christ. Thank you, Lord. And Father, as we just express our love to you now in worship, I ask you to seal this work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. May the enemy not snatch this away in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.